0: The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the host and do not reflect the views of Cryovato Records or its parent company of felony in progress. This program uses strong language. Please be advised. Hey, what the fuck you looking at, man? I will fuck you up, dude. You wanna go, bro? I will kick your ass right now, jabroni. That's it. I'm outta here. Later, bitches.
1: Why do we keep hiring these rude ass fuckers for man to do the disclaimer really is this all you guys could dig up man uh alvin come on dude oh well you know what hey that freaking guy's christmas album anyway anyway hey welcome back kids uh hope you all had a good week uh well r- truthfully i really don't care uh you know but got my own problems anyway Uh, This is the second episode of Open Air Sonar, and today we are diving into the world of industrial sound. And I am going to take you guys back through history, man, and see where this shit came from. Uh, We'll dive down the rabbit hole of the word brap. Um, Now, uh, you know, according to Webster's, their definition is an exclamation used to imitate the sound a burst of gunfire from an automatic weapon. Uh although subtle, uh Nevik Ogilvy and Kevin Key and uh, also the late Dwayne uh sorry, late great Dwayne Gretel from Skinny Puppy um explained Brap a different way. Uh from their back and forth uh three and four release uh was to get high, hook up electronic instruments and record. You know, we hit the bong, pounded beers and brap till dawn. Uh and then the term was picked up by the Urban Dictionary, and uh, you know, and also a uh, way skinny puppy fans would say goodbye. You know, would they say brap on? But uh, so far, anyway, our uh, first song. We're gonna go all the way to Germany. Our own father, Kraftwerk. Uh, so these guys were part of the experimental um, '70s, before you know, seen in the early '70s, uh, that fully embracing the electronic sound. And uh, which they described as robot pop. Um, so I'm going to play Craftworks Autobahn for you from 1975, and then we'll uh, we'll come back and break it down. All right. Uh, this is Open Air Sonar. This is Craftwork with Autobahn. Okay, we're back. That was Kraftwerk with their 1975 release of Autobahn. You know, so even though they had been together for close to five years at this point, this was their most popular release. Uh, You know, and it 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 reminded me of the the nihilist band from uh, you know the movie The Big Lebowski. You know, they were called Autobahn with their Kraftwerk look with the red shirts and ties on the cover. And uh, I, I accidentally love them guys, but uh, they believe in nothing Lubowski. Well, anyway, there's my little impersonation for the day. But um, Autobahn was actually the first track by the band to actually use lyrics. Um, the song itself was designed in a way to capture the feel of driving fast on a freeway or Autobahn, if you will. Uh, the tune was their biggest selling in the U.S., uh, reaching number 25 on Billboard Top 100. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, one of the founding members, uh, he died in 2020, uh, Florian Schneider, to cancer. Uh, he was known as comical and enigmatic in his interviewing, though he seldom gave interviews. Uh, safe travels to you, my friend. Okay, let's see, moving on, moving on, moving on. Um, our next band takes us to Kingston Upon Hull, UK. Uh, so Kraftwerk are known as the fathers of electronic music, uh, Throbbing Gristle are the pioneers of modern day industrial, uh, with their 1976 release of United, uh, with their B-side being Zyklon B-Zombie. Uh, in fact, they were so new, they started their own label. uh, uh it was called Industrial Recordings. So here is the 76 release of United, uh, by Throbbing Gristle. You're listening to Open Air Sonar. Yeah. What is life? You know, we're born, we grow up, we find somebody we like to spend our time with, pick a vocation, uh, spread our seed, and die. Really. Um, and I think that throbbing gristle—we're uh, trying to scare people out of that mold. You know, with uh, with communism, just a stone's throw away, they were trying to push the boundaries, um, especially with uh, you know ex- excessive use of you know disturbing you know vocals, imagery, and, you know, fascist and Nazi, Nazi symbols, um, you know, it's, and, you know, also the pornography that they would also have, and, you know, we're also one of the first to use sound manipulation and samples with influences by works of, you know, William Burroughs and uh, Brian Jison. So, unfortunately, they split in 1981 due to, uh, you know, interpersonal differences, and you know, without that split, you know, we wouldn't have these other great bands that, you know, sprung up from Throbbing Gristle, you know, bands like Psychic TV and Coil. And, you know, we lost another one of the founding members, uh, Peter Kristofferson, uh, in Thailand, in um, a sleep at the age of 55. Um, the cause of death was never uh, publicly revealed, and we lost Genesis P. O'Ridge, another one of the founding members, to cancer in 2020 um yeah seems to be twenty twenties the year right but anyway genesis once said that contemporary christianity is an incredibly sick social pseudo religion and it was based on a tenet of be good now or you know or else or we will you know punish you when you're dead and you know we may punish you while you're alive as well so safe travels there's genesis Anyway, on with the show. We're trying to cut this back, right? So, uh, so is what I have for you next is, is a band that really pushed the industrial limits. And amazingly, we still haven't made it out of Europe. <laughs> We're still on the other side of the pond. So, uh... <clears throat> oh, excuse me. I got a little frog in my throat. Let me get a drink of my 7-up really quick. Hold on. All right. So, this is... Um, this is Einstrad Neubotten, uh from West Germany. Now, these guys made a lot of records, but I'm only going to play the song Neuen Armee, okay? uh, which translates to Nine Arms, uh, from their 1984 release, "Zeichnen das Patient O.T. Not a very good German speaker, but uh, which also translates to The Drawing of Patients." Uh, so stick around, uh, we got a lot to say about these fucking lunatics, and, uh, this is Open Air Sonar, with Einstrud Neubotten's Nine Arms. Wow. So that was Einstrid Neubotten with nine arms. So, Einstrid <laughs> Neubotten, sorry, oh my god, uh, translates to collapsing new builds. Uh. Which definitely makes sense with these guys. Uh, you know, they built a lot of their own instruments, and uh, a lot of their instruments were just like, uh, like basic, you know, scrap metal and power tools. And and you know, like craftwork, they did modify a lot of their own modular synthesizers. And uh, in the beginning, they were harsh, and I think they definitely brought a darker element to industrial music. Uh, you know, with the mended lyrics, with you know, scream above a dine of you know scraping metal percussion, they're, you know, their logo actually uh, represents a stick figure out of prehistoric cave drawings, um, Tolek and Goldneck, uh, but some say it's older, maybe Stonehenge, you know, who knows, but hell, even Henry Rollins has this tattooed on his shoulder. Um, still, you know, it's still going strong, you know, their, their last album was released in 2020 called Alice Isle M. Whatever that means. But, uh... Okay, kids. This is our last band before the break. But I love these fucking guys. And, um... You know, a couple of guys from Belgium. Uh, everybody else knows them as Front242. Uh And they burst onto the scene, man. And I think these guys were the ones who really brought the EBM and the EDM. I mean, they were... Dude, amazing. But, uh combining their love of, you know, of the act and with the tones they loved. So uh, I'm going to play, uh, I'm going to go ahead and play you guys Headhunter from the 1988 release from my front. Um, I actually loved the, you know, the tragedy, the tyranny for you, 242 album. And I'm going to play this one because, you know, everybody knows this stuff. But uh, stick around and we will break it down, all right? This is open Sonar with Front 242's Headhunter. Welcome back, you fucking nerds. You know, you know, before you say anything, it's okay if I use that term. You know, I'm a nerd myself, so it's fine. But uh, that was Front 2, front 242 with uh, Headhunter. Uh, the album Front by Front was, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's been described as one of the the greatest industrial albums of all time, uh, not to mention a huge boon for the very young uh, label Wax Tracks out of Chicago, uh, selling 90,000 units. Um, Headhunter, hen- Heck, oh my God! I shouldn't have smoked that bowl. Headhunter, <laughs> God, elevated, and uh, and I think it brought a lot of public awareness to EBM and industrial music in general uh, in the late '80s. And I think the Belgic, you know, the Belgian music press uh, was really less receptive. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, you know, when they, these guys combining, you know, their love of, you know, interpreting their militaristic appear, you know, appearances, you know, samples from war movies and uh, you know, being on the doorstep of the Cold War and, you know, terror incidents in Europe, you know, and in Berlin, and, you know, pro fascist. Um, but the band always refuted that claim. And, uh, you know, my favorite Front 242 album uh, was the Up Evil and Off albums. You know, it was a, a two album set. And um, they came with the numbers on them 621, 311, and 522, 9, and 12 um and with these corresponding letters spelling fuck up evil and evil off <laughs> anyway the the band described the records uh as based on the duality of good and evil uh but unfortunately the album didn't have the you know the input of frontman richard 23 and um yeah so anyway i think uh we're going to take a break now and i'll play some fucked up ads for you or something i'm sure I'm sure somebody wants to give me some money. We'll see. But uh, when we come back, we're going to hop over the pond, all right? So um, this is Open Air Sonar. Thanks for joining us.
2: Hello, everyone. It's me again, your favorite Lord of Darkness, Beelzebub. And I'm back again to tell you to listen to Six Degrees of Belly Dancing, or I will come to your house and eat your soul. Thanks for the fat endorsement deal, open-ear sonar. Have a nice day, bitches. Somebody get my car.
1: So I do not understand uh, how the fuck we keep getting this guy, man. Isn't there anybody else there that can do these freaking spots? Come on, man. I'm sick of that guy. Anyway. All right. Well, welcome back to Open Air Sonar. Uh, You know, I wanted to take a moment to thank those talented ladies over there at Sun Productions and Six Degrees of Belly Dance, uh, you know, (laughs) for letting me actually hitch a ride, man, on their channel and you know, and by all means, please listen to their podcast, you know, these, uh, these ladies are wonderful gals who've become masters of their craft, and, uh, if you live in or around the greater Salt Lake area, you know, by all means, reach out to them, you know, uh, you know, I could, I'm sure you couldn't find a more, you know, real and down-to-earth group of talented dancers here, so, uh, thank you, ladies, um, we'll be looking forward to working with you in the future, anyway, uh, Oh, okay, well, I received an email from Diane in Bensonhurst, New York. Uh, apparently, I might have touched the nerve, but we'll see. Uh, so anyway, she, uh, she says, I like your songs and your outlook on the world, but there are some great love songs out there that I really wish you would have touched on. And I found your idea of Taylor Swift a little crude. You know, she's a very talented young woman. Uh, thanks for your time. That was short and sweet, I guess. Jesus Christ. Anyway, Diane, uh, you know, I agree that there are a lot of love songs out there that I would have loved to laid out for you. Uh, But unfortunately, I'm only given so much time to make this show happen, you know, uh, without boring the shit out of people. So, uh, and for Taylor Swift, with regards to Taylor Swift, the only thing I can say is, basically, I'm a dick, man. You know, it is what it is, okay? Um... So sorry, but that's the way it is. Okay, so let's get back to the countdown here. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I had to clear my throat. Um, we're doing industrial, man, this week, and we are finally across the pond. We're in the Great White, Canada, um, with basically my all time favorite industrial band of all time, Skinny Puppy People. I know you've been waiting, I've been waiting uh so is what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna play you my favorite song from skinny puppy uh we come back We're gonna talk about it we're gonna talk about the other things they did but don't worry we're not gonna spend a a million years on skinny puppy i promise you but uh anyway uh this is skinny puppy from their album remission and the song is smothered hope you're listening to open air sonar So that was Skinny Puppy with Smothered Hope. Um, So the cut I gave you of that song is actually from uh, a live set from the 1987 film Ain't It Dead Yet, uh, which was filmed in Toronto in 1987 uh, for their Cleanse, Fold, and Manipulate tour. Uh, The film itself was actually showcased at the 1989 South by Southwest Festival. Um, So, you know, anybody who knows me personally or, you know, know that I'm, freaking huge skinny puppy fan i mean i've seen them multiple times you know even some of their off bands and stuff like that i think all music that i own of them is all press um but you know if you really want to have a taste of what skinny puppy is like the ain't it dead yet film is for you and actually you know i actually got a funny story about this album so i you know i have another job just like you do just like nor everybody else has that other job but um i'm at work and i'm i I sit in this little, you know, room all day long processing, you know, surgical instruments and things like that and uh, had the place to myself one day, you know, both doors lock, you know, it's my own spot. So I turned on the Ain't It Dead Yet album on my phone, you know, through my uh, little Bluetooth speaker and uh, the nursing supervisor actually came in the door and said, what is going on in here? It sounds like somebody being murdered in here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was my little ain't it dead yet story uh, as far as skinny puppy goes. But, uh, you know, it was the brainchild of three men, really. Uh, you know, Kevin Ogilvie, uh, Kevin Key, and Wilhelm Schroeder. Uh, can't have two Kevins in the band, right? So, Neve- or Kevin Ogilvie changed his name to Nevik Ogre and then now he just shortened it to pretty much Ogre. Uh, Wilhelm Schroeder actually uh, would go on to become a frontline assembly fame. Uh, but the way they used industrial music as an art form, but also to bring attention to social causes such as you know, nuclear power and you know, uh, Vietnam War, uh, and they really, really, really hated animal testing, man. I, that's, I think that's why he went as gore as he possibly could. Um, definitely using a lot of extreme images and performances to highlight these things. And uh, Ogre often came out on stage completely covered in blood from head to toe, um, you know, extremely gory stuff The times where he, you know, he takes this shot needle and shoves it in the side of his head and blood goes everywhere. But um, and, you know, with all that, they received a lot of backlash, you know, from the mainstream music press. Uh that were turned off by this, this grotesque imagery, you know. For example, you know, when the uh, Warlock video came out for the album Rabies, uh, it was given an R rating, but not for the sex, you know. There was actually no sex in it at all, but for the uh, the gore that was portrayed. And, you know, after a bit, Wilheim, you know, decided he's going to leave Skinny Puppy and start his own project, you know. He was tired of being in the back, you know, and uh, switched his name back uh, to Bill Lieb and started Frontline Assembly. But, um yeah as you can see i can you know when when bill left you know that's when they they got dwayne gertell you know all together you know and with the three of them they put out the swan songs of skinny puppy music man i mean they did rabies they did too dark park they did uh last rights uh and then the process uh that's when everything started going downhill and uh, we lost poor dwayne in 95 to a heroin overdose, unfortunately. But um, Skinny Puppy uh, went on, man. And, you know, the last tour that I seen them on, it was called the I Versus Spy Tour. It was, oh my God, it was amazing. Um, but anyway, they are pretty much the founders of hardcore industrials we would see it today. So, um, yeah. I can continue going on and on about Skinny Puppy, but I'm not going to, okay? We need to move on. We need to get this this shit going here so yeah i'm gonna go ahead and play you frontline assembly's modus operandi from their hardwired album 1995 hardwired and i you know i seen the show and it was it was fucking fabulous i mean from beginning to end uh and i even got to see meat beat manifesto and 808 stayed on the bill so hey it worked out um but anyway i'm gonna play this song for you and we'll come back and we'll talk about frontline assembly you're listening to open air soma that was modus operandi from the 1995 Hardwired album, Uh, definition, a particular way of doing something, a method, especially one that is characteristic or well established. Um, Or, you know, if you want to, you know, put it in a social context, you can say something like, that THC has got, has got quite, (laughs) that, sorry, blah, see, I smoked a bowl, but, the THC has quite a precise modus operandi that taps into a specific brain function. Yeah. Way to go out. Um, now, the album, uh, the one before this, uh, Millennium, was super hard. You know, it had, like, really super strong guitar chords and, you know, some serious voice modulation. Uh, so between Tactical Neural Implant, uh, Millennium, and Hardwire, Hardwired, yeah, oh, my God, but. Uh, is when Bill Lieb and Russ Fulber actually really hit their stride, you know, and, man, they were touring a lot. I mean, a lot. I think I must have seen them at least eight or nine times, but um. one of the really cool times that I saw them play was for their Plasticity Tour uh, when Switchblade Symphony opened up for them, which, God, that was shit. I almost, you know, wish I would have, you know, I'd already seen Frontline Assembly. I was like, yeah, I'm just here to see, you know, Switchblade because those chicks were badass um so yeah anyway let's keep moving we can't spend all day on the uh on the music that i love we got to do it for the music you love right okay so anyway we are here uh i know a lot of you thought that we wouldn't make it here it's been a journey but uh we are now to our favorite grouchy uncle mr al jorgensen and you know it's been a while. We, we made it here, man. I know you guys did, and, you know, I know it's the industrial band of the day, you know, whatever, but, um, but here we are. So I'm going to go ahead and play you uh, So What from the Mind is a Terrible Thing to Taste album, uh, which is one of my favorite songs by ministry ever. But uh, come back. We'll talk about Uncle Al. We'll... Um, Maybe break into some of his talk about some of his other bands. But remember I've got two more songs to do people, so stick with me. You're listening to open air song. The ministry released uh, mind is a terrible thing to taste in '89. Uh, you know, and they changed from their earlier styles. I mean, from like Land of the Rape and Honey, and you know, which was more digitally inspired. Uh, but you know, his early wax track stuff, you know, it's good too. But it's just different. You know, Al always has a has a way of changing things around on us. But. Uh, anyway uh you know I, I loved the fact that uh you know they took this more abrasive approach on this album you know uh, you know inspired by like sod and you know some of them thrash bands that were coming up then and the, during the time but um but it, they came out with a badass sound man and you know and it was great but anyway we're not gonna spend any more time on uncle al it's time to get on to our next band people okay this is my life with the thrill kill cult man and I've, I've always been a huge fan of these guys you know and the only thing i didn't like from was they did that s- sex explosion stuff but you know i love their spin-off you know electric hellfire club that kind of thing and uh anyway so i'm gonna go ahead and play you gateway to hell from i see good spirits i see bad spirits from their 1988
3: debut you want danger Enjoy. huh i'll Come show you back. what danger is baby <laughs>
2: now.
1: That was my life with the Thrill Kill Cult. You know, my life with the Thrill Kill Cult was actually supposed to be a film, uh, to be called, you know, of course, My Life with a Thrill Kill Cult, and uh, the film never got completed, uh, but they had the music for it, and Wax Tracks loved it, man, um, and thus was born Groovy Man, and you know, Buzz McCoy, so. And, you know, I guess the rest is history. But, you know, they did uh, stir some controversy, uh, really, when, you know, they started. Uh, you know, they came out with the EP Cooler Than Jesus, man. And, you know, all the holy rollers from Jerry Falwell to Billy Graham, man, labeled them as Satanists, you know. But, you know, I've seen these guys in concert, you know, and they're cool and all. And I don't just, I don't see them as Satanists. I just think they're, you know, weird. I think they just want to sell records, uh, truthfully. <laughs> so... Uh, uh that was the last well we got one more song I'm going to go out and close out and leave you with. Um uh, it's called Chemical Imbalance from the Texas based band The Skate Niggs. Uh from the 1992 album Stupid People Shouldn't Breed. Uh this show is dedicated to late great Laurie Jackson, writer and poet and vocalist for the intro to the Skate Niggs Chemical Imbalance. So oh, a <clears throat> Chemical Imbalance song. Oh my god. Um Skate Nigs frontman, uh, Phil Owen, said that she truly understand understood all that is Skate Nigs before and more than anyone, including myself. She saw the revelance and importance of everything we destroy, including ourselves. Well, yeah, not too bad. Thank you, Phil, for the thoughtful words. This is for Lori Jackson. And so without further ado, here is Chemical Imbalance. I love you all and hope you join me next week for i don't know i can't decide maybe blues maybe metal we'll come up with something though i promise you okay right, you guys take care now bye bye
3: Immaturity may be a result of certain chemical imbalances, so may the friggin' skate nicks flick the trigger on a sucker, squealin' studs of pudness. They sing stuck in a rutin' pig pod land, they share rigs with grave diggers. Worry about death when it's done and gone. You buy their records and they'll piss on your mama's best collectibles. They beat the rancid meat, expect you to pay the check. They ream the beef of bad backstage girls redone in a new wave black up the butt, snuck, stuck, mucked up, sucked. I'd eat baboomba before I'd bite on their juvenile, penile pole projections they casually, smashingly referred to as my dick, infected, rejected, afflicted, maledicted, boy constrictive. If immaturity is indeed a result of certain chemical imbalances, then these guys are on a permanent amico overload. Crawling through maggot breath, yeehaw, boys with latex toys. If buttholes repeat shows and the nigs are the window to the soul of this fucking ridiculous world, anality's got nothing on these boyholes except a sign, royalty check, a signature the toilet swipe the mega acid smile the glitch in the universal weight, yeah a real boss abortion to brag about at your next barbecue <laughs>